Good day, fellow hoteliers, and welcome to episode 210 of the Hotel Marketing Podcast. I'm Pete DeMeo, and I'm your Vice President and Director of Client Services and Marketing at Travel Boom. So we never use our real titles, and I thought that might be a fun change of pace so you know who you're listening to every week. So that's who I am. Like I said, uh, Vice President and Director of Client Services. And joining me is Phil Fariska, who is honestly one of the best search marketing guys in the hotel business. But uh, unfortunately, Phil, this is the last time you'll be joining us as an official member of the Boom Squad. Phil, that is, that is true. What the hell? <laughs> well, thanks for the introduction and send off at the same time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I have a pretty exciting opportunity uh, that that kind of fell into my lap here. So I am going to take that and see see what happens. Um, I'm still be working in the, the hotel industry and in, in, in hotel marketing. Um, so as always, all of you listeners, you know, feel free to reach out on, on LinkedIn and, and stay in touch. And um, I don't think, I, I know there's going to be some changes with the podcast, Pete, but you know, it'll still continue. So keep listening. Yeah. So it's definitely, it's, it's, it's a big change. So, you know, now that, that you're moving on, I don't want the podcast to be the Pete show. But in this case, what we're looking to do is actually bring on a lot more guests. We've talked to clients. We've talked to other industry leaders. And honestly, we've talked to other members of the band. So with you, with Stuart, with Melissa, and ways that we can kind of bring everybody back together to create like an expert council of all the things that we want to share. While that's still in the works, what you'll probably see is the podcast go to probably every other week for a short period of time while we kind of get all the changes made and everything along those lines. But at the end of the day, we love what we do. We love this podcast. And, you know, Phil, I know that you said that while you're no longer going to be a member of the Boom Squad, you're still up for berating yourself a little bit on the podcast, right? Uh, if if the new gig allows it, I will absolutely be back and we'll have to do this a few times. So there you go. So, yes, yeah, so that's kind of what we're, we're going for. So it's going to be changing a little bit going into 2022. I'm looking forward to those changes. Definitely going to be big changes coming. So I'd say stay tuned and see what happens. But, you know, overall, you know, Phil is with us today. So we want to make sure we make the most of of this podcast with him to uh, make as much fun of him as we can. And if you want to make fun of Phil, you know, join us on travelboommarketing.com slash podcast and, you know, leave us some comments and make fun of him and, and I'll make sure that if, if he doesn't read those himself, I, I will call him around two, three in the morning and make sure he knows about them. Thanks, Pete. Anytime, man. Anytime. So. See, tr- joke's on you. I'm usually up doing some feeding the baby. <laughs> oh, that, that's true. Yeah, you're, you're already up. All right. So I, I'll just go outside of, of the baby's room and I'll just scream. So so she wakes up and then uh, checkmate. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, so that that's kind of the, that's the big news. So there is no newsroom because that is the newsroom of all newsrooms. But what we're going to do is we're going to dive into the the meat of the topic here in just a second. But we do have a sixty seconds to success. So I'm going to go ahead and set the stage for this now. So if you're you're not familiar with the the Travel Boom podcast or you don't listen to us regularly, we have a segment called Sixty Seconds to Success, where we just have one minute on the clock to share a tip or a trick. That's going to make your hotel marketing much more effective. And we go back and forth and we try to figure out the best way to help hoteliers. If you only had 60 seconds in the elevator 
to make it happen. So today is my day. So I'm going to go ahead and put 60 seconds on this year digital clock, and I'll tell you exactly what you should be doing to make your hotel marketing just that much more effective. And here we go. The timer starts now. All right, so 2022 could be a tough year. So make it easy on yourself by automating what you can, specifically, and I mean specifically, your data. So if you're not already using Data Studio, it's, it's by no means a new platform, but if you're not using it, you need to start right away. Even without Data Studio though, you can set up some great automated reports and automated dashboards within Google, Google Analytics that will allow you to create a snapshot of your key KPIs or your key performance indicators. And to go along with these automated reports, make sure that you're looking at them and looking at them often, it's gonna make life a lot easier. But also make sure that you're using the proper tagging for UTM source, UTM medium, campaign, et cetera. And start that at the very beginning of the year when you're listening to this podcast. It's going to make the rest of the year so, so much easier for you to track all of your performance. I made it. Barely, but you did. Well done. Yeah. So... Phil, I know it doesn't matter to you anymore, but I never time these. I always try to just throw them out there and, you know, guesstimate if it's going to make 60 seconds or not, but I yes. made it this time. Woo-hoo. Perfectly. Well done. Yeah, this is this is a good one, Pete. I think uh, it's something for all of you hotel marketers to consider. Automation is, is, is your friend. Um, it's going to make life a whole lot easier for you. Like Pete mentioned, just making sure that number one, make sure your tracking is set up properly and everything's tagged properly. And then that makes your automated reports effective. Um, but having them sent to you regularly um, or at very least bookmarking them so you can open them up in like a data studio report, something like that. Um, just it can give you a, a constant reminder of how you're performing uh, against your KPIs. So keeping keeping those in mind and keeping these automated reports up and, and fresh and, and ready to go for you to view always, you always have a general idea of, of what's going on at your property. Well, yeah, and I think way too many hoteliers just don't look at the basic KPIs enough. It, it's easy to do. The data is right there in front of you, but you're too busy running a property. But if you can have these automated, you can have them in your inbox. You can have them wherever you look most frequently. If it's a, a tab in Chrome or if it's a an email in your inbox, you can get that set up. So you could look at these on a weekly basis or whatever makes most sense for your organization. But when doing so, it's going to give you such a better insight of where you're going and what issues you might have coming down the road. Far and, and- too many people, I think, are looking at that data on, on farther terms than they need to. If you're looking at, you know, 30 days and you realize that you had a problem, you know, 28 days ago, really what good does that do you? So create those reports, take a couple minutes, even if it's while you're having a cup of coffee in the morning and go through them, it's going to make your property much more effective. It's make your marketing more effective in 2022. Yeah. I think, I think another thing that I would note here is Build these reports so they are effective. Don't just look at your last week's worth of stats. That's not really telling you much in comparison to let's look at how has this week performed um, for the past four years. You know, that just get this running trend so you can understand where you where you really line up against your previous performance. 
Absolutely. So, so there you go. That's our 60 seconds to success for Travel Boom for this week. We're going to move on to the main episode and the main topic of episode 210, which is going to be the our key takeaways from our favorite episodes of 2021. So if you're not a podcast listener, check us out on iTunes, Google, Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts, podcasts where, where all those places. And if you are a listener, just keep on doing exactly that because this show doesn't stop. Just because those 60 seconders who don't have the, the time to spin with us have to leave. So we're going to keep on going. Let's do it. All right. So, and, and also, you know, after, okay, the 60 second people have left. So Phil, you and I are not as presentable as we usually are because it's the day before New Year's Eve. I just yeah. got off the golf course. So I got a hat on and yeah, you know, you're wearing your t-shirt. t-shirt. It's yeah. Like, it's so. a Goonies t-shirt. Oh, that's super cool. I don't have a Goonies t-shirt and I feel like I'm at a loss. <laughs> So, but, uh, but yeah, so you know, even though we're not in our, you know, business casual best, you know, we do have a lot of stuff to cover today. And what we're going to be looking at is the key takeaways from our favorite podcast of the past year. Phil picked out three. I picked out three. We're going to do a round robin back and forth and talk about the, the benefits of each and hopefully spur you to listen to something you may not have listened to before or re-listen to something that you may have forgotten. Nice. Yeah, I, I I thought this would be a, a good topic for us because I know I don't go back and listen to our podcasts very often, and it's kind of nice to go, you know, take a take another look at, at something we've done in the past. Um, but this is going to be good for the listeners as well, so even some of the new listeners that are that are out there. Um, these aren't necessarily the most downloaded podcasts of the year; they're just the ones that we considered our favorites and and ones that we know have been successful for people who have implemented the takeaways we're about to give you. Yeah. They aren't in any order. They're not in necessarily anything other than, Hey, Phil like these three podcasts and I like these three podcasts. So Phil, let's just go ahead and dive in. All right. Let's let's caution to the wind. What is your, what is one of your top three favorite podcasts of the year? Episode 185, how to differentiate, ugh, how to differentiate your hotel and get a leg up on the competition. But why, Phil? Why was that your, one of your favorites? <laughs> um, I, probably because I wrote it. <laughs> um, okay. Oh, this is just self-serving you totally. know, mic drop me, before you have to walk away, right? Yeah, let me pump up my own tires before yeah. I get it. <laughs> but no, re- really, I thought this one was, was pretty cool. Um, because a lot of hotels and, and I don't care what city you're in or, uh, you know, whether there's a ton of competition or just a little bit, it's really important to separate yourself from the competition in, in any way that you can. So in this episode, we kind of discuss some things that you can do on property to differentiate yourself from, from your competitors. So we discuss things like transforming underutilized interior and exterior spaces, such as, you know, creating a rooftop environment that may not have been there uh, in the past, create yourself that, that rooftop bar or something like that. So not only does that give you something that your competitors don't have, uh, it op- uh, offers itself up to incremental revenue, you know, serving F and B to people using the rooftop, or let's say it's, you know, a courtyard next door, you could set up some outdoor games, whatever. Th- these are just some examples of differentiators, but 
you know, there, there are things that you can do on property that, that set yourself apart and, and like we mentioned, incremental revenue. Um, but just as important as creating these, this is the, the takeaway thing. When you create a differentiator for your, for your property, you have to promote it. Um, if nobody knows about it, you're not differentiating yourself at all. So um, after you're going to put the money in to make these things happen, make sure you're promoting them to all previous guests and new prospective guests. Get the word out there that you've made these property improvements. And that's something so many properties mess up on is they'll, they'll add something cool or they'll make a little iterative improvement to one of their on-site amenities, but they don't tell anybody about it. And that's great for people who show up and they're surprised and delighted with something new. But if you're not letting the potential guests know, you're giving away what could be the key differentiator that would switch them from, you know, your competition over to staying at your property. Yeah, this is this is and, and another thing I want to say is, you know, they, these little they may be little incremental improvements. They may be expensive ones. Regardless, don't you know just assume that you because you shared it on your Facebook, everybody now has seen it. Um, it may not have made it to everyone's feed. So. Yep. You know, hit up your your existing email database with it. Your social media. Don't forget them, but don't only post it to them. Uh, put it, you know, in your ad copy and things like you know, structured snippet extensions. Put it on your website. A new improvement should go on your homepage. Something like that. Yeah, I I always go back to the one quote I heard years and years ago that marketing is speaking to a parade and not speaking to a standing audience. You know, as you are speaking, the people that you're speaking to are constantly changing. So you can say the same thing over and over and over again, but every time you're saying it, it's to a slightly different audience. So, so don't think that being repetitive about a new amenity that you added is being annoying because you don't necessarily know who specifically you're speaking to, right? Like the, the people handing out uh, samples at Costco. <laughs> They right, the exactly. same spiel for everybody, but it's yeah. enticing, so it brings yeah. people in. Yeah, be a little bit more like Ethel at Costco and <laughs> <laughs> hand them a free sample of your Let new Let me try that slide. spinach dip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So, well, hey, Phil, one of my favorite ones, and it actually kind of ties into the on-site stuff, is episode 202, which was the top five hotel operation efforts that support marketing. So this is the one where we had our uh, guest on, Bruce Jordan, who was the real MJ of the hotel world. And we all had a good conversation, had a chance to sit down and kind of talk about the way that the marketing team, the operation team, and the revenue management teams don't always align. And not from any ill will from any given silo, but by the sheer fact that silos exist. And, you know, for me, this podcast was a great opportunity for us to, to discuss, you know, what those silos are and how we can do a better job of breaking them down. Because it does seem like if we can create an environment where a, a hotelier, regardless of the discipline of the hotel world that they're in, is able to communicate with the other disciplines, we're going to do a better job. And, you know, he kind of hit on five main things that he wanted to focus on, which was great, rev, great communication between revenue management team and marketing, which makes a ton of sense. You don't want to have the marketing team promoting an offer that doesn't exist, or you don't want them promoting an offer that is not actually the best available rate, which is happens more than, than you'd imagine. The second thing we really talked about was getting a better back and forth communication with your sales team. You know, what is it that your group sales need to really succeed 
And what can we be doing from a marketing perspective that will help augment that sales team's process and do a better job? From there, we talked about getting great employee testimonials and learning how that can make our marketing better. Because a lot of times we forget a lot of the things that are most important to who, in a lot of cases, the other customer from a hotel's perspective is the employee's perspective, retaining them and making them engaged and excited to work here. We want to make sure that we're understanding what they need and what makes their you know, clock tick. Because if we do that, we can also use that from the, the marketing side. And, you know, from there, looking at corporate guests, what do they need? And even using your third-party vendors to really make the most out of your overall marketing strategies. So I think between all of those, I think that was a, a lot of fun. It was a great conversation. I really enjoyed getting to know Bruce a little bit better. But I also enjoyed being able to explore the world beyond our web marketing aspect, which where we really live day to day, right? That's our silo that we're breaking down, right? Yeah. So yeah, th- I, I was so close to picking this one too, because that was just such a fun conversation with Bruce. Um, I, I really hope we get to have a chance to talk to him again in the future, because that was that was real that was a real fun one. Episode 202, go back and, and listen to that. Um, just all about breaking down those silos between your marketing teams, well, really all of your teams, breaking mm-hmm. down silos between front desk, from marketing, revenue management, housekeeping. It, do- it doesn't matter. Uh, just all of your all of your different departments that you are working with should be communicating with one another. Yep. And, and I, we forgot to mention at the beginning of the episode, but the episodes that we're talking about, we have these all noted in the show notes along with links. So yeah, if you're looking for six just kick-ass episodes that you want to listen to, to get ready for 2022, I think this will be a short list of, of things. But uh, Phil, what is the third episode that they should listen to? Or for you, your second episode favorite? Well, we're heading into 2022. Well, guess what we did at the beginning of 2021? What did we do, Phil? What did we do? <laughs> On January 18th, we put together a list of hotel marketing, tactical hotel marketing things you can do in 2021. And guess what? They're all still applicable. Everything that we mentioned on that list. Now, some of them are going to be slightly tweaked. Most of the the COVID things we talked about, we all know how the world has changed in the past year. So take those all with a grain of salt. You know, obviously things are going to need to be tweaked a bit, but you know, everything else is, is still applicable. We covered, you know, technical items to evaluate on your website, um, the content on your website and other SEO efforts, growing communication with, with your database and, and growing the database itself, um, some paid advertising tips and, and a few other miscellaneous items. But a couple of my key takeaways from that long list, it was 21 things in 2021. So it's a long list. So definitely go back and listen to that. Um, but my couple of my key takeaways is checking that your analytics is working properly. And we just mentioned this in the in the 60 seconds to success, Pete, but ensure that it's working properly. Ensure everything's tagged correctly. Make things easily identifiable, segmentable, segmentable um, in your analytics system. Most likely Google Analytics for you, but uh, just making sure that it's all working properly, everything's firing as it should. You're collecting all of the data that you should be, and 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 it's going through to the correct channel within your analytics system. It'll give you just a more clean picture of of what's going on um, from your digital marketing perspective. 
And secondarily, um, updating your paid advertising audiences. So this is another one of those things that kind of differed from 2021 to what you should be doing in 2022. In 2021, we were discussing pulling back, limiting your advertising spend because we didn't know what was hanging, you know, going on with the world. And we only, we knew that people were really only driving to certain destinations within a few hours. So we talked about you know, limiting that, that pool of people that to, to a certain geographic region around your property. 2022 is a different story, but that doesn't change the sentiment here that you really need to pay attention to who you're targeting with, with your paid advertising efforts. Um, as the world changes, you may need to expand or condense the audiences that you're targeting, whether it be certain, you know, demographic, geographic, you know, intent-based things, what have you, uh, whatever the targeting is that you're using, just reevaluate it and reevaluate it regularly. And as the world changes, so should your targeting. I mean, I think that makes perfect sense. And a lot of what I'm looking at here. Yeah, there's a few things that are more COVID specific and COVID's not going away. We're on Omicron now and there's going to be some new variant upon variant upon variant. So I think you always want to make sure that you have some type of communications for keeping your guest healthy. But what I like about this is if you were to run this overall audit of 21 you know, key items, if you were to keep that up, you would be ahead of 99% of the hoteliers out there who don't do things like do a mobile mobile usability check or provide accessibility information, all the things that are really important to do that create those incremental growths in terms of your return on ad spend or conversion rate or whatever those metrics might be. If you can always work on fine tuning that, I think you'll be in a better position. And I think this is a great choice. Yeah, this one, like I said, go back, take a listen. Obviously, you know, throw some of the 2021 specific things out the window, but the whole entire sentiment of everything that we talked about, there's stuff that you should be doing, you know, every single year. And it's not necessarily just to start your year throughout the year, but episode 174, go have a listen. Love it. All right. Well, so for my second one, I chose episode 198 which was eight marketing strategies for hotels with high occupancy. And the reason I like this one is we're at the time we were recording this, we were talking about hotels that specifically had high occupancy and literally we're trying to figure out where to put people because they either a didn't have the staff to have the property open fully or two had the property open to 100% occupancy but just could not accept any more reservations. And it created a very interesting problem that a lot of hoteliers aren't used to, which is, okay, so I have still I still have people who want to buy stuff, but the stuff that I sell, I ran out of. And what can I do to improve that? So you know, I kind of equate it in terms of a football analogy to getting into the red zone. You already have, you know, you're, you're, at, you're in the red zone. You have a very short field left to play. What can you do to make the most of the guests that are still communicating with you and what can you do to communicate with the guests who already have reservations in place? You know, so things like building your guest relationships, creating that deeper connection between you and the person staying in room 704 so that they want to stay over and over again so that you do not have occupation or occupancy problems in the future. What can you do do to be driving 
incremental revenue through add-ons and on-property purchases. This is one of those things, again, a lot of hoteliers don't think about because you have your marketing funnel, your operations funnel, and a lot of times your operations funnel is thinking about on-property experience. And I think that's a mistake. That's where your marketing team still needs to be very active. One of the other things we talked about was building that demand for down the road for that secondary stay, right through to minimizing high commission channels, refining your marketing mix to only target the most lucrative audiences and avenues. But to do all of these things, even if you had low occupancy, if you were sitting at a property that had zero guests for a given night, these are things I think you you would want to do to at least make sure that your marketing money is being spent as effectively as possible. Yeah, this episode was fantastic. I, I want to say this was one of Jeremy's. Uh, I think it was. Yes, it was. It was great, great uh, concept here because we had so many property at the time, so many properties that were completely full um, that we were working with and to this day still remain pretty darn full. Uh, and realistically with what we saw in the consumer sentiment study, that's what we expect for 2022 as well. Um, we expect people to continue to travel. Um, in all of our studies, people say that, you know, they're still willing to travel. They're still willing to take as many or more trips to spend as much money or more than they did in 2021. And we know what kind of year 2021 was for the vast majority of our clients, at least, um, you know, really, really high occupancy levels. So these strategies are really, they're going to be applicable in 2022. Um, Pete mentioned all, a lot of the things that we covered there, but if you want to learn more about that, definitely go take a listen to episode 198 and, and learn what you should be doing to, to market during times of high occupancy. Or even low occupancy. Or, or these low things. Occupancy. Yeah. That's a, a really good point. And it's, you know, <clears throat> these, these things are kind of uh, universal, especially for, um, properties that have small marketing budgets. A lot of the things we talked about in that episode are, are perfect for marketing on a small budget. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, Phil, what is your third most favoritist this, 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 this episode that we did last year? <laughs> episode 191, how to analyze the performance of display demand generation. So I like this one because it's something that I feel that... Um, Marketers, hoteliers, everybody kind of needs to get pounded into their head once in a while is return on ad spend is not always the goal, um, especially when you're doing things like like demand generation and brand awareness. So in that episode, we covered some demand generation opportunities, some things you can do uh, to find potential new guests, like different social media opportunities. Um OTT advertising. I know we did a whole episode on that, but that's another demand generation avenue. Um, so some other, you know, airline specific type uh, display advertising. Um, all of these things are great opportunities, but when you're judging the success of those, we're not looking at ROAS as the sole, you know, sole thing that's telling us whether this was successful or not. Um, yes, return on ad spend is important, but in this sense. It's display advertising in, in almost every case, sometimes video advertising as well. But you're not always getting that click to your website and then a booking. That's you know that's not necessarily how this works. And even view-through conversions aren't always reliable because then we're talking about cross-device tracking, breaking, and 
You don't know if someone's logged in on one device and not on another. There are so many things that can affect return on ad spend directly. So what we're talking about in demand generation was looking at your demand metrics as a whole, and those are not ROAS. So shifting that mindset away from ROAS, looking at other specific data points that reference um, you know, whether or not that you, you generated more demand. So things like uh, impressions for, for branded search, you know, overall site traffic, did it increase during your, the time you're running these demand generation campaigns? You know, and then you can look at, did your overall you know, bookings and revenue increase during the time you ran those campaigns and slightly after? You know, that's how you determine whether demand generation and brand awareness was effective, not necessarily direct return on ad spend. Yeah, I like this one a lot just because everything at Travel Boom is really analytics-based. And it's always the hardest recommendation to say, hey, let's look at display. Let's look at you know these, these longer tail campaigns that are designed to spur that demand for your property versus the fulfillment of someone who's already ready to purchase. So I, I think this one takes a step back and does a really good job of saying, okay, you've got high occupancy. Things are going in the right direction. Now you need to go ahead and f- make a bigger pond to be efficient. So what do you need to do to make that happen? And this does a really good job of drilling down into those specifics. Yeah, Pete, you did a whole episode on being a hunter hotelier. Mm-hmm. And I don't not just Not just an episode. I also did some phenomenal Photoshop work. <laughs> that you did, sir. I <laughs> forgot about that. Thank you for bringing it up. You should go look at Pete's blog post, the hunter hotelier uh, blog post, and check out his beautiful Photoshop work. But... Um, <laughs> that totally threw me off. I love it. But uh, You're yeah, welcome. So go 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 check that out. But this is one of those hunter strategies. Um, don't don't be that uh, that hotel that just relies on guests coming to them. Go out and find out find new prospective guests. Uh, use these demand generation tactics, but understand what your KPIs are when you start this. Because you know the KP, like I mentioned, the KPI for demand generation is not return on ad spend solely. There are a lot of other things that you need to consider uh, when, when you're looking at the success of a campaign like that. Well, and, and, and to be fair, you also end up kind of screwing yourself when you are using a metric for a ROAS-based campaign when you compare it, when you look at it in terms of demand generation. It's not going to perform well. And if you yes. continue to look at it from that perspective, you're going to miss out on a lot of, you know, early stage guests just because they're not ticking the boxes that you need them to tick at that exact moment. Yeah. Understand that this is supposed to fill the top of the funnel. So if your funnel is effective already and you start filling the top of it, you know, much quicker and with a much larger base, then you'll get a lot more out of the bottom. You will. So good job. Well, Phil, those seem like three awesome podcasts to listen to. If, if I were to listen more, to this, I, I have one more, but you're done. I'm done. So, yeah. So if I were to listen to those three great podcasts, I would go to travelboommarketing.com slash hotel marketing podcast and listen to them. But I wouldn't stop just there because I would listen to episode 183, which is one of my favorites because I wrote it, which is building your hotel's disaster communication plan. Who's self-serving now, Pete? <laughs> <laughs> it's me. So so the reason I like this one is 
it's a definitive, it's a fact, right, Phil, that the moment we talked about creating your hotel's disaster communication plan at the beginning of 2021, nobody needed it. It was too late. Yeah, it was the, I, I like to think of it as the umbrella paradox. You only need an umbrella when you don't have one. So you bring an umbrella so you don't need it. Yep. And, and I think that's kind of where this episode 183 came into play because we talked a lot about the most important factors and things that you need to do to build a good disaster communications plan. And I'm separating disaster communications plan with your actual disaster plan. <clears throat> so how you speak to guests, potential guests, people who are interested in your area or people who had to cancel reservations because of an event that happened to your property. To me, this is so important because, you know, while yes, you create the plan once, you know, every several years, you do need to revisit that plan and make sure that you're constantly updating it to make sure it's most effective. You know, the last thing you want to do is create this phenomenal disaster communications plan for, you know, COVID blooming again and becoming a horrible in 2021, which a lot of us expected, that didn't necessarily happen, at least for a lot of our clients. But years from now, if that were to happen, you want to make sure that you keep it updated. You have the proper personnel included. Everyone knows that this plan, in fact, exists. And it's a great tool to have in your toolbox, even if you don't have to necessarily use it. Well, and, and sorry, disaster communications, I mean, yes, obviously, the first thing that pops into all of our heads was the start of COVID, right? But that's not the only disaster that happens to hotels. This this happens every year across the country for a variety of reasons. Could be natural disasters, hurricanes, fires, floods, whatever. You need a communication plan for those things, if, especially if your area is prone to them. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if, if there happens to be another global pandemic or if this one continues and you need to alter this plan like pete said you know know that as well you want to be ahead of the game here uh don't get caught flat-footed uh when you're scrambling to put something together last minute that that's gonna you know everybody's in panic mode at that point Mm -hmm. so if you if you consider this prior to the event happening you know it's it's kind of like doing a fire drill right the reason we do them is so everybody knows what they're supposed to do when disaster strikes this yep. is your fire drill for your guest communication. And it's going to be different for everybody. You know, so we're based in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Every one of our clients has a communication plan for hurricanes. We also have clients in California in Yosemite. And we say you need to make sure you have a communications plan if they're wildfires, if you know, there's massive blizzards or whatever it might be. You want to make sure that you have these in your back pocket. And, you know, I'll, I'll kind of, I'll reference a, a specific anecdote on my part. When a couple of years ago, we had a really bad hurricane coming. And my wife and I had talked about what we're going to do. We had a box packed with all of our important documents. We had basically ready to go because the storm was, you know, a good week out. I remember I woke up, it was around two in the morning and I checked the the weather forecast and it basically turned the track of the hurricane from hitting in North Carolina to hitting in Myrtle beach. I didn't have to think about what was next. I said, Kim, we have a serious problem. We need to go ahead and go. We already had hotel reservations booked in multiple cities where all we did was say, okay, we're going to this city. This is the least risk. We put the last few things in the car, got in the car and left in the morning. And we had a place to go. We had a thing to do. 
And, you know, from, from my own perspective, it was a lot less stressful because we had a plan. All we had to do was execute the plan at that point and we didn't lose a step. Yeah. And, and I think one other thing to point out here from the business perspective, I mean, that's, that's a perfect anecdote, Pete, but from the business perspective, what we should consider is, you know, how do you communicate with potential guests, guests who have booked guests on property? Those are different. Uh, then how do you communicate with staff? Um, I think that is a secondary thing that should be part of your disaster communication plan as well. Mm-hmm. Well, when you think about it, the whole point of being a hotelier is to make your guests feel comfortable. And if you have a plan, even if it's not the best plan in the world, if you're able to work that plan, you're able to instill confidence in your guests and let them know that you're thinking about their best, best, best course of action, their needs, and whatever you need to do to make them comfortable. Even if it's uncomfortable of, I'm sorry, you need to leave this area in the next 12 hours, that's fine, but you're giving them options and you're not just running around with the, oh no, the sky is falling emoji on your face. Yep. Yep. So. Yeah, that's, we've, we've been there quite a few times, especially like you mentioned with hurricane related things. Um, this is something that I don't, I, I think no matter where you are in the world, there is something that can affect you that is a disaster. I mean, we yep. found that out in the past couple of years. So make sure you have a plan, have maybe a couple different plans based on various things that could be happening to, again, okay, uh, you know, for, for us, it could be tornadoes, it could, you know, at certain times a year, it could be hurricanes and other times a year, it could be flooding and other times a year. Well, we should probably have three different plans. So whenever it's, you know, that's about to strike, you go pull that plan off the shelf. And like you said, Pete, you're much more calm when you're dealing with it because you're not scrambling. Right. Yeah. Because the, the fear, <clears throat> the fear and the concern and the, the freak out comes from not knowing what to do. If you're able to look at a piece of paper and say, Oh, look, I don't, I do know what I need to do. I need to do a B C and D you divide up the responsibilities and you get to work and then you don't worry about it so much. But, uh, yeah, Phil. So that was three episodes each that we think will be helpful for hoteliers. And hopefully the listeners think those are going to be helpful as well. If if they want to learn more about them or they want to have links to the the episodes, I'd say go to travelboommarketing.com slash podcast. Click on episode 210 and we'll have the show notes that have links to each and every one of the episodes that we talked about in today's podcast. But yeah, that was a fun one, Pete. I think that was, I, I, like I said, I like going back through our, our past year of podcasts and you know, a lot has changed in, 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 in the world and in, in the travel boom world specifically. And you know, watching us stay up on, on top of all these issues is, it was fun to go back and kind of relive the year through podcasts. So yeah, definitely was. And so, well, Hey Phil, so you're moving on, but that doesn't mean we can't follow you and stalk you on you know, Facebook or LinkedIn, wherever, if people wanted to follow you and stalk you and be shady, where would they go? Please don't be shady, but you can, you can come follow me on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm always open to, to questions and communication on LinkedIn. Um, You know, even, even if you're referencing old podcast episodes that I've done, you have questions about them. Uh, You know, like I said, I'm still going to be in the hotel marketing world feel free to reach out with, with, you know, anything that you have or, you know, just want to connect. 
Let's do it. Let's find it. Find me on LinkedIn. Perfect. And you can find me at Pete DeMeo, P-E-T-E-D-I-M-A-I-O on LinkedIn as well. Collectively, you can find us at Travel Boom Marketing. It's pretty much Travel Boom Marketing on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, you name it. Or you can hit us up directly at podcast at travelboommarketing.com and we'll happily answer any questions that you have. Uh, like we talked about, I think there's a lot of changes coming in 2022 for the podcast specifically. A lot more of the team that is behind the scenes that you don't necessarily see, you'll get a chance to meet. But then we also have a lot of different guests who would like to be on the show that we'll have on and kind of expand, expand the, the breadth of information that we're able to to share with our listeners, which is going to be pretty cool. Yeah. But, uh, and I, and I hope, I hope you listeners who, I mean, you're obviously hoteliers and hotel marketers yourself, feel free to hit up Pete and say, I want to talk about whatever subject on the podcast. I'm sure he'd love to have you. Oh, absolutely. I would absolutely love that. So, but, uh, and cool. So, so from there, that's pretty much what we have to talk about today. This is probably the first podcast of the year for 2022, but we're going to take a, you know, basically go to every other week format for the next couple of weeks while we get everything squared away. But until then, you can listen to the Hotel Marketing Podcast by Travel Boom. And Travel Boom is out. Ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da